Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the RFP Podcast, so number 102, Relentless. I'm your host, Mikey Baldini, and I am joined by a special guest today, Brian. I'm- oh, wow, sounds great, actually. Sounds much better than oh, you just called. So, so for the guests uh, that don't know, he and I, I guess we essentially grew up together, uh, even though I'm five years your elder. Uh, almost five years your <laughs> elder. I, w- uh, I wasn't going to bring in years, but if you, if you're, <laughs> if you want to, okay. So uh, we we grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania many many years ago, and I think I, I think we're at like thirty three years uh, we've known each other. Um, and we could start right there because when I was coming up with topics to talk about, and I I think back to you know those years up in Mountain View Village. Um, Shout out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think of God bless you and dad for the first time they actually hired me to babysit you for knuckleheads. And I think I was like 15 or 16. And I recall, I don't know if this is true, but for some reason I have a memory that I was refereeing you guys all wrestling. You, Chris, Jeff, and Kevin, I was refereeing a wrestling match in the basement between you guys. Do you remember that? That that yep, actually almost crystal clear actually. That uh I think we were showing off our skills, wanted to impress the older neighbor. Um yeah, that was um desperate times call for desperate measures, you know, having Mike as a a babysitter, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh it was fun times, but that was uh, probably one of the first memories for yeah. sure down the basement. There was another one I had, uh, and it was it was it was I I was wrestling. It was a video, obviously. My dad or somebody was recording. It was a match, and I think it was the West Scranton match my senior year. So that would have probably made you in eighth grade, I think. Um, seventh, yep. Okay, seventh grade, yeah. And um, I was coming out. Uh, you know, the match was starting and all I could hear is you screaming my name, like repetitive, Mike, Mike, Mike. And, <laughs> and, and I have the VHS tape somewhere, but I don't think we, they even make a VHS players anymore. But uh, yeah, that's another memory I had. So we had that, uh, you know, I, I, I recall growing up and just not, obviously not during that moment, but as we've talked over the course of the last many many years we've been doing all the crazy nonsense we've been doing in the conversation though as i look back on that um you know the role that that i was grateful and fortunate enough to play in your life growing up uh i think it was i think it was pretty cool because you as well as your brothers were like the little brothers that i never really and that i never had and you know obviously i didn't think of it that way when we were growing up i just thought of us as being friends yeah you were younger than me but um you know, it's so, it's so being able to reflect on, uh, those times was, uh, uh it's, it was special. So I just wanted to kind of kick things off with that. So. No, those are, those are great. Uh, that's a great trip back, uh, memory lane there. And it is a unique, uh, relationship just looking back on things, how, I mean, just personally, your role has changed with myself as, you know, the babysitter and then, as we're growing up role model. And then, you know, my, my goal was just to imitate you kind of growing up throughout, throughout elementary and then even to high school, you know, it was, I remember back probably early nineties, 
you know, Mike French rolled his jeans and wore, like <laughs> Nike Air Max with a big bubble on them. So next thing I do, I spend the entire evening trying to get the tightest roll on my, uh, my Levi, my Levi button flies. <laughs> so, but, and then that's gone into, you know, I've, I've wanted to imitate your wrestling throughout the years. And yeah, I was, I was definitely your biggest fan, you know, from your parents and everything. I was, I was, I was right there and I looked up to you and now you uh, over time have evolved into the, the older brother now, since you don't have the younger brother, I'm the oldest in my family. I never had the older brother. So when, when people ask me about, you know, who's Mike and I can't just say, Oh, he's a buddy, you know, it's, it's, I'd say older brother. And then they kind of cock their heads and look at me funny. And it's like, it's a long story, right, you know, right. but you know, and that's, that's how I viewed, you know, 30 some years now. So I'm, uh, I've been very lucky to have you in my life throughout the years like this. No, I appreciate that brother. God help you that you looked at me as a role model and wanted to imitate <laughs> me. I mean, I'm sure there's times are tough, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there were some definitely hopefully better qualities that I provided you with rather than Nike bubble, uh, Nike bubble sneakers and French rolling your jeans. <laughs> and that was the start. That was the start. And then it, it, uh, it definitely improved, but no, it's, there's been a lot of times, you know, after you went to college, you know, as kind of i'd have to just think to myself you know what would mike do you know and not even just in the wrestling matches but out off the mat and training and all that throughout the years preparing for wrestling i I looked heavily to you as as i grew up and evolved just in that sport alone i think wrestling was was our common denominator from the get-go and yeah i still remember going up to your your basement with your little 10 by 10 mat and i would go in there and just get pummeled by you and bobby cook you know which five four year difference but i kept on going back up there and it wasn't it wasn't fun at the time but looking back on it i mean that's that's where strength and that's where growth occurs and yeah you guys probably just had a good old time but i got a lot of value out of those experiences and you coming back from drexel and always wanting to show me something else and i still remember the arm bar and hooking the shoulder and bringing him back you know that turned into just one of my go-to moves and you know all that came from you so there's there's a lot to reflect on that's awesome man i i appreciate that um you know one of the we'll stay on the childhood before we I want to talk, I want to ask you one question before we pop off of it, because, you know, obviously I know this now after not only knowing you and, and, and the, and and the, your brothers for this long, but I obviously known your parents for this long. And, you know, I think that goes back to the area, which we grew up, you know, you become friends with so many people, but then your parents become friends. And then, you know, though their parents your friends parents become a second set of parents of yours and i view you know you you're you know tim and debbie that way i view bob and donna cook that way and and yep. some other folks up there that you guys i mean we just look our our families looked out for each other and yep. you know over the course of of 30 years i've i've learned so much from those those parents those families and, and your your mom and dad obviously um um I've learned a ton of, a ton of them. Uh, I mean, your mom and I talked a lot, you know, back in the day, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes, she, she did, she reached out to me. I think she may have had my phone number on speed dial before we even had cell phones. You know, those are the, the good old days, but 
I wanted to ask you, you know, for both parents, if you could, if you could pull one lesson out from each of them, uh, you know, what is the most important lesson you've, you've learned from them, you know, over the course of the last 40 years you've been around? Uh, that's a good, that's a, that's a great question. And yeah, um, to your point, it, it does, it does take a village, um, to raise an idiot. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, Mountain View Village alone, that was a perfect example. Cause I mean, there was just a herd of kids that just roamed throughout that whole subdivision. And that, that was a huge part of my upbringing. And yeah, that you're exposed to so many parents, not just within your own house, you know? Um, but pu- what I've pulled away from my parents, say with my dad, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, jack of all master of none that's how he was raised um and that's how he brought us up as learn everything you know learn everything you can and we weren't the ones to if we, if there was a problem in the house we weren't always the ones to call somebody else and rely on them for assistance it was instead of stepping away or moving away from a problem i think my dad taught us to step towards it and take a closer look and figure things out Um, and that's, that's a lot of that has gotten me to where I am today. Um, and that's what I'm trying to teach my kids now as well. So it was always for a while. I looked at that saying Jack of all master of none. I've, I almost thought that as a, as an insult or a put down because you weren't good enough to master one certain thing. But now looking back on it, I I take great honor and privilege in being raised that way to, cover a wide area and not just be specialized into one thing. Um, and my mom coming, coming up throughout the years, um, she really taught us about just strength and resiliency within. Um, there, there was a lot of years where dad was traveling with construction. That was a big thing with us was he is a construction superintendent. So he every almost two years, really, it was almost I lost you there, dude. I lost you. Uh Oh, we're having some technical difficulties on the podcast here. He was the one traveling and being away from the family throughout the week and coming home on weekends. That put a lot of weight onto my mom. So raising four kids with our busy schedules, homework and, you know, meals and all that. We watched pretty much one single person take on a lot of the duties throughout the week. So um, I've I've pulled a lot from seeing her capabilities and her strengths throughout our our years growing up in Clark Summit. So that um, that's really left a mark on me throughout the years. And now raising a a family of my own, I, I resort back to those times and really pull a lot of a lot of strength from her strength. Right. Right. Well, just uh, you dropped off for about 15 seconds. So, um, but that's all right. No, no big deal. But we caught that we got, we got most of it. So uh, the end part was the most important and strength. I got strength and resiliency out of it. And 
you see it today, you know, you see it today with her, especially. Um, I think I lost you. And, you know, you there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me now? Right, sorry. <laughs> no problem. So I, I, you were talking and we got some of it, but we lost about 10 seconds when you were talking about your mom. But then you were talking again and I heard you. So we got it, but you just. Okay. So for the, for the audience out there, we apologize for the technical difficulties. You got to understand Brian and I, I work in technology, but that doesn't necessarily know a lot about it. And, and Brian, his computer is his phone. So you just bear with us. <laughs> you broke up there. Can you hear me now? I got you. I got you. Okay. So cool. Sorry about that. No, no, no worries. No worries. This is uh this isn't you know the professionally done podcast. We're doing this for anchor, so uh it's not a big deal. Um so we talked about childhood and you, you kind of a good transition into fatherhood. Um and of course I have another good story about this. So I remember could you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I remember uh I think I we, we were meeting, I believe we were meeting in San Diego. We were supposed to be meeting, I think so. But I remember this story with regards to fatherhood, and we'll transition into it in a moment. But I, we, Robin and the girls and I had landed in San Diego, and I think we were all, the families were meeting down there for one of our trips, uh, or it may have been the year before. But uh, I remember we landed, and I had a voicemail from you from you and basically long story short i was either listening to the voicemail or reading the text message about you finding out you guys were going to have the twins yeah yeah (laughs) so and i I get i don't know if you're coming down to san diego but so that was yeah okay we were en route yeah yep so uh so let's let's talk about fatherhood a little bit because circling back uh to, to the point you made about me, which was, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be in a position that I, I, I was, was able to be a role model and, 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 and you know, uh, an inspiration, but there's a lot now that I learned from you as far as being an inspiration and, and being a father. And there's a lot of characteristics and qualities. I think it's, it goes back and forth, but, you know, seeing you um, as a father with, with Tanner, as well as with the twin girls, uh, and me having two girls myself, um, you know, what, what has been the challenges, the biggest challenge as a father with the, with Tanner first starting with Tanner, but now having the twins and, you know, seeing firsthand what I'm kind of going, going through and the challenges that I'm having with two daughters, like just talk about fatherhood and, and, you know, put your, your, your footprint on that and see, you know, what are some of the struggles that you guys you got you deal with from a fatherhood perspective? Yeah, the fa- the fatherhood has definitely been one of the the most amazing roles that I've had in my life. Obviously, you know, as you, you're always changing from you know you're starting off as a son and a grandson, and then you become a husband, and now becoming a father within the last eleven years. Now Tanner's eleven, almost twelve real soon. Um, and then with the girls on top of that, it's just constantly 
evolving and changing, you know, for the good, the bad, and the ugly, whatever. Um, a lot of uh, just stepping into the fatherhood roles, though. I, what I did, I feel like, is I, I just cut and paste a lot of things. And like we were just talking about coming up with different families and, you know, still pulling some strengths and stuff you like from each person. And I've done that with you as well. You know, what has Mike done that's worked well with Belle and Elena before Tanner was born? And, you know, what has my dad done? And mm. that's, I, I, I'm not feeling very creative in this fathership role at times. I'm just doing what other people are doing. Um, but with, with Tanner now, you know, we're, we're getting into the tween years mm-hmm. here coming up. Um, and that's, pretty much coming down to it doesn't matter what i want somebody else to be like or become you know i can have my input and um help them throughout the ways but when it comes down to it you know it's it's his life that he's developing and you know just an example of they're they're moldable when they're younger mm-hmm. so i had a little I had a little buddy for a bunch of years growing up, you know, we were pushing dump trucks around and dressed up in Carhartts and John Deere. And, you know, that was, he was my little shadow. He'd love to get in the truck and we'd just plow for hours um, at work Um, as things develop and move on. And, you know, he's, he's like in soccer and he's likes Legos and star Wars. And, you know, now he's, he's more into the basketball and, you know, just doing his own thing. And, you know, the, the old man is coming out of his mouth more and more. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but right now it's just that relationship from my little buddy has turned into more of a, somebody that can partake with activities. And I mean, right now, one of our biggest activities I'd say is just trash talking, you know, we're, we just throw it at each other in a, in a good fun way, but he's a sharp kid and you know, he's, he's keeping me on his toes and I'm just trying to keep him on his toes and, you know, just trying to stay in the fathership role right now is, is probably a challenging part too. Cause you don't want them. You don't want to be their buddy necessarily. Mm-hmm. You want to have a good relationship with them, but I think becoming one of their buddies there, there's a loss of fathership or fatherhood right there. So it, there's a, there's a, a fine line right now we're kind of dancing with. Um, but he's a good kid. He's, you know, getting after it with the school and the sports. I mean, hundred percent 11 year old boy right now. So I, I couldn't be more proud than I am right now of him. That's great. Let me, let me circle back to one thing because you talked about how he's starting to become a little bit more independent, you know, kind of branching yep. out. Um, and we've talked about this from my perspective, but I'll throw it out to you. How are you dealing with having and needing and believing that letting go is the right thing to do? It's letting go is a, I wouldn't say necessarily letting go, but releasing of the past, I guess, you know, that my, my, my buddy, you know, um, that's the part where, you know, time moves on and I do get sad sometimes thinking about it. Um, but seeing where he's becoming and, and the decisions he's been having to make in middle school, this has been his first year in middle school and the decisions he's making and everything on his own, um, has been 
has been rewarding, I guess, to watch mm. and see um, him him taking on choices by himself and not having his mom and dad to make those decisions for him. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're just getting started. I mean, compared to where you're at too, especially. I mean, that we're just we're just stepping our our first foot into this arena, um, and it's scary. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'd 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 lie, I'd be lying if if I said I wasn't scared, but it's it's all part of the process. You know, it's it, this is life. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, it'll be it'll be um, interesting to see how things start going because that i mean we've you and i've talked about it quite a bit that one of my biggest struggles what one of the things that i just have such a because i have no choice is letting the girls go now obviously isabel is 16 and elena just turned 14 so we're at different stages than you are and the, the whole you know protecting and and keeping safe and and really enabling them and letting them and being able to create their own lives and mold their, you know, we, we, as parents try to, you know, especially with the age of the, the girlies, you know, you're trying to mold them, you're trying to program them, you're trying to condition them and trying to teach them. Right. Um, now yep. it's at a point, you know, with the teenagers, we have to start letting them teach themselves and mold themselves and learn themselves and fail. And that's, that's kind of the biggest struggle that I've had to, to deal with is just, letting go. So it'll be interesting to see how that transitions with you. And I'm, 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 I'm hoping that I can learn because this is, like I said, this has been really hard for me and and I'm still learning and still trying to figure things out. But what I've learned, and this is a a tribute to Robin is just, I'm just kind of, you got to step away. You just got to step away. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how things go for you guys uh, over the course of the next, you know, five, six years. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna be lively. Yep. So um, For sure. let's, let's go, let's go to how, how that, that all started, the whole fatherhood started because there's a great quote and I forget who said it. And it was talking about kids and parents and, and, and marriage. And it's, it's the guy goes, well, I chose your mother. You guys just showed up. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so we'll, <laughs> that's kind of how it does work, right? Right. So we'll, we'll transition <laughs> that into Cindy because you know you guys been married for fourteen years, right? Yep, almost fifteen years, right? Um, coming up, yeah, yeah. August. So, uh, you know, I remember. I think it was. It might not have been the first time I met her, but you guys came down for for Thanksgiving that one year, right? Was it th- no? Yes. Yeah, it was for Thanksgiving the one year, <laughs> and. Um, we hung out here and I think that was really the first time we, we, uh, we connected with Cindy and, and spent a considerable amount of time. And, you know, you know, that was, that was when Bella was a year Tiny, old. Yeah. yeah. So it was her christening and Thanksgiving. Yeah. Those yeah. were the, our trips down around that time. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, talk about, you know, talk about that whole relationship and how that kind of kicked off and, you know, the, some of the, cause I mean, I've learned a lot from Cindy. Her and I are the same age. Um, we'll throw that out there. Give her a little, <laughs> her a little so set the stage. So like, like, like Robin, Cindy robbed the cradle a bit, you know, cause we're both younger than our wife. Uh, 
Hey, who? Uh, you can't blame them, though. I mean, uh, come on. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> They're smart women coming back to. They're very smart women. Well, we'll just we can, that, that would be the starting block. We could get all four of us on a call together and see if they still think there that was a. Because oh, I don't know. <laughs> we don't have to do that. I, I think this is all right here. <laughs> so because because I've learned a tremendous amount of her, and I've been able to 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 just see you guys, and and you, we're talking about you know gleaning gleaning characteristics off of each other from, from a, a, a father perspective, but from, from a relationship perspective, there's a lot of things that and I learned from you guys. So what are some of the things that, you know, being married to Cindy, almost 15 years and knowing her for 16, 17, 17 years, you know, the things that you've been able to learn in, in a relationship with her and, and some of the, some of the qualities you see in her that, that really, help you become better. Yeah, that, um, yes, starting off with before we were even married, we, before we even dated, really, we were, we started off as friends kind of within the same network of friends over in Breckenridge. Um, so for two years we were, um, friends and all of a sudden just one summer, you know, we just started spending more and more time together and it all started with just uh, uh, common interests, I'd say, um, just mountain biking after work and then getting on river trips and everything was just basically uh, outdoor activities and everything. And then it turned in, you know, it just evolved one summer and we went on a river trip. And by the time we got off that river trip, we were dating. Um, and that that was important because it was we knew each other well um, by that time. And then from there on out, I mean, everything just meshed and there was never any struggle in terms of trying to keep a relationship together. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it was just, it was almost too easy. You know, it's, you always wait for a catch at times, but we just really work well together. Um, doesn't mean we're the same. Um, I think we're, we're very different, but our strengths, that we bring um we just work well together when you combined everything up so um but yeah she i i kind of view it as cindy's raising four kids (laughs) um that's the way i see a a lot of it because she's just i mean just one word is just solid just all around solid no matter what she's she keeps the ship afloat she's the foundation and that's why i always refer to her as just keeping us all in line and she's always just making sure i mean we're kind of we're very similar but at the same time the yin and the yang can apply because she's the one with the the list for the list as we've said Mm -hmm. um you know and just getting everything knocked out just killing those lists and that's what i need that's why i depend and lean on her heavily uh, because I am the procrastinator and I work better under pressure, which that will drive her completely nuts at times. But when it comes down to it, that's when I'll, that's when I, that's my time to shine. So, um, the teamwork, we're just, we get it done. Um, you, you don't always see eye to eye, but I don't think if you were always seeing eye to eye, something's wrong. Yeah. Somebody's somebody's not being honest on one side. Somebody's trying to avoid confrontation. Um, but I mean, it's been a very open relationship with not not in that kind of relationship. <laughs> but in terms of uh 
thoughts, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's it's your typical relationship. But, the hell you got going up you know? uh, going on in Fair Play up there? Hey, man, it's a high country. It's it's <laughs> things 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 are different. <laughs> That's awesome. But no, just in terms of opinions and um, communication, open communication. That was the big word I was missing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a very very lucky man. What? Uh... Yeah, well, we both are. We both are. Um, yes, you are too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> God help her. Uh, yeah. What saints? Saints. Exactly. What? Uh, what do you do you think has been the biggest area of growth for you in marriage? Growth in marriage. Um, that's that's a good one. I mean, it's I I, I view it as a day by day process, um, continuous growth in, in some word, in some ways or another, um, you know, whether it's Cindy bringing in a different view, you know, and I'm, I could be stubborn. I'm, uh, I, I could be laid back, but I could be stubborn as well. And, you know, her perspectives, I, I rely heavily on, um, I do look to her for, for her opinions and her thoughts on things. Anytime I have a question, whether it's work or f- kids or just anything personal, you know, she's, she's my number one go-to obviously. And, um, mm. I, I've always taken a lot of, uh, respect in, in her opinions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, you, you, you we we talk quite a bit and my my relationship with robin is very similar she's my best friend nothing against you but <laughs> no no she that's... and i rely heavily on her perspective for a lot um you know and um i think i think there's some areas where because uh, i i come up with there are all these crazy ideas and it's interesting because she's yeah that sounds good go ahead go do it you know there's no and maybe she should be saying some of these things. Maybe she said, yeah, maybe she could. and she does. I shouldn't say that. But my, my point in making uh, my point of telling saying that is that, you know, I think there's there's a lot of and I think that's why collectively, you know, our relationships have lasted as long as because there's a lot of similarities. I mean, you know, Christ, you guys are are. You, you guys are responsible for our kids for if God forbid, if something <laughs> yeah. should happen to us. And, you know, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's obviously a number of reasons for that, but you know, the number one being is because the qualities and the beliefs that you have in, in raising and being parents and raising your kids is that we, we, a lot of those similarities and a lot of beliefs. So, um, you know, I think that's, again, that's why I think we collectively as families get along as well you know, 15 plus years that we've been parents. Um, so yeah. And, and you're, which that's another story for a different time, but for the audience, (laughs) for the audience, when I first asked Brian, Hey, um, you know, I I want you to be the the godfather Isabella. He's like, uh, okay. What do I have to do? What, what (laughs) do I have to do anything? (laughs) Yeah, you you kind of freaked me out on that yeah. one, but I mean, that's that's been one of the biggest compliments I've ever 
received was stepping into the role of, of that for Bella. So yeah, I can't thank you enough for that. And you, you, I was a little freaked out, you know, just a, a young single guy in his twenties, I think at that time oh, yeah, yeah. Um, with that. And, but I was feeling good. I watched, um, I think that previous fall, I, I saw the whole, all the Godfather collection. So I felt pretty good about myself going and accepting that role at that time. <laughs> yeah. So that, that shows you where I was at. <laughs> if I recall correctly though, at that time too, you did have a ponytail. The, uh, that, that, yes i did yeah and yeah. you and you still made that decision i did so. i did good on you maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well we, we we've been we've been honored we've been honored so there's there's a one or two other one or two other topics i wanted to discuss and and then we could kind of tie a ribbon on this but you know i we could we could transition into one than the other but let's let's lead it off with uh uh, the event you got coming up, the, the fundraiser for Melanoma. Uh, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, in, in the, the show notes, I'm going to tag the website. Uh, so, oh, so folks could, could link to that and, and, and donate. But why don't you talk a little bit about the fundraiser beca- and the event, because I think that leads to some of the craziness that you and I do. Uh, but why don't you kind of give us an idea of where that came from, what the name of it is and, and talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so my event that I've created, um, within the last few months here, um, it's called climb for the cure and next month, the month of May is melanoma awareness month and melanoma is a a form of skin cancer. Um, and it's been a real pain for me, not personally going through it, but melanoma has taken, uh, two male figures in my life, two strong males, um, one being my grandfather, my pep app, um, back in 2006. And that's kind of where I've, I've started hearing more and more about the disease. And here recently, last year, my CrossFit coach over in Breckenridge, Scott Ferguson, lost his battle, um, to melanoma as well. So, um, while that was going on, our good friend, um, I've done construction with him. He's been the, the president here at my work. Um, Bruce McCown, he's in his second battle with melanoma. Mm. Um, he went through it a few years ago, all the surgeries, all the chemo, all that, and was cleared. And um, last year, a little over a year now, it's come back and he's on just full on battle mode right now. So um, I've been watching um, that real close. I try to just plow his driveway, help out, check in, you know, not as much as I, I, sh- I should be, but, you know, I've, I'm always just trying to help out. And one of those ways I've been helping, I've, I've driven down to Denver for his treatment a couple times this winter. And in the process, just driving down, he's just tell me about his battle and all these other people that he's in groups with support groups. Um, just hearing about what it is really like to go through cancer. And if you don't, if you're not around it, you'll read about it, hear about it, but once you know somebody or going through it yourself, um, I mean, it's, it's awful, um, day in and day out, you know, it's, it's not taking off on the weekends and clocking back in on Monday morning to deal with it. It's 24 seven. So, um, 
one one time I was just driving back up after dropping Bruce off and it's just racking my brain, you know, what could I do for Bruce? What could I do just for, you know, this, this awful cancer in itself. And I thought of an awful <laughs> um, <laughs> event that I'm, I'm moving on and this is the climb for the cure. So I'm raising funds right now for a nonprofit and it's called aim at melanoma. And what they do is, um, they raise funds to help with research and check the website out, aimatmelanoma.org. But um, they pretty much cliff note version is they raise funds for tissue banks to um, be able to freeze tumors and tissues with melanoma so that research can be done on those tumors then. Because a lot of people say they raise funds for research, but there's not necessarily anything to do research on all the time. Um, aim at melanoma. One of their big things is the tissue banks. So Bruce is, um, a big supporter of them. So that's all I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And I've been working with them. Um, so the event itself is, it's not an ideal time to do a fundraiser right now with everything, this current situation, right. but with um, my personality and I seek solitude out in the, in the high country. Um, so I've created an event that is going to consist of going out and whether it's skinning, which is walk, climbing up a mountain on snow with skis on, and you're able to, to walk on these skis with um, skins on them. Once you get to the top, you take the skins off and you ski back down. I'm going to do as much vertical, I'm going to gain vertical feet that is equivalent to the height of Mount Everest, which is 29,029 feet. Um, and I'm going to be doing that over maybe a weekend's time here coming up in May. Um, it's, it's tricky because while the Corona can, you know, stay close to home, I'm very fortunate to live at 10,000 feet in Colorado. Um, I think 730 people is the population of fair play. Um, but my backyard is literally, um, the Rocky mountains. So I can stay close to home and still complete this event. And it's just going to be a matter of more, um, raising funds on the websites. I'm going to be selling, Merchandise. There's merchandise up right now at Sweet Tea Stitches. Um, that's the company that's uh, putting uh, some merchandise together and uh, proceeds will go towards AIM at Melanoma as well. So this all has, has picked up and happened pretty fast. So I'm just going to be relying on virtual support. And pretty much just going out there and trying to crush it in the mountains all while in a safe manner. Um, the big thing right now with the COVID-19 is not stressing our first responders any more than they already are. And they mm -hmm. are very stressed right now. So um, there's, there's a time to go hard in the mountains. And this isn't one of the times. So I'm going to be conservative, play it safe, but still go out and just accumulate some vert and, um, have a true suffer fest. Um, I would love to have more people around, obviously. Um, I feed off others energy, but in this, um, 
event, I'm just going to have to do that from afar. So that's going to be coming up. I have tentative dates as May 1st and 2nd throughout that weekend. Um, that may get bumped back in in regards to snow conditions right now and seeing seeing how everything's shaken out. And, you know, if people are able to get out by beginning of May, maybe I'll push it back just to have a little bit support at base camps. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at. So it's 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 not ideal, but um, like like we like to do things that aren't ideal. So in that regards, it's perfect. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But for, for those listening and, and, and connected, uh, I'll put the I'll put the link to the to the site for aim for the donation site as well as as uh, sweet key stitches, too. But I think it's a great thing that you're doing um, as as you've done in the past. There's there's been a ton, ton of things that, you know, I think and we'll, we'll link we'll, we'll kind of transition into this. I, I, I believe that a lot of the things that we've done going to your point, putting ourselves in conditions that usually aren't ideal. I think we've been able to leverage that and take advantage of that in order to one gain awareness or help gain awareness to um, struggles and challenges such as the one that Bruce is facing with melanoma, but you know, whether it's cancer, whether it's fighting the COVID we've been able to, I guess, um, leverage our ridiculousness and um, stupidity, if you will, but for yeah. a ben- for a benefit. Uh, and I, I think what what you're doing with this is with, with this is awesome. And for those listening, if you if you can't, and that you know at this point in the circumstances, again, aren't ideal with COVID nineteen going on, but can follow if you could contribute. Um, I'll, I'll link the information in the show notes, uh, to, for you guys to do that, but just kudos to that. Uh, talking about ideal situations, the, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but for the last eight years, it's been since 2012, really, yep. we, st- yep. we started doing, we started doing ultra endurance events, um, you know, testing our complete body, mind, and spirit and soul in some cases, but, you know, as of late, you know, within the last five years, we transitioned more to ultra running and we don't have to go into the details as far as if you have a story. Sure. I have tons of stories because we've done a few of them together, which have been great, great stories. But I I wanted to just ask you again, if you want to share something, please do. But I, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, what is the, what is the biggest thing you've learned from doing these events, doing, um, basically testing our limits. What, what's the biggest takeaway that you've had from this, Bri? I think the first takeaway, and yeah, you're right. We could, um, have a whole series on just the events that we've done together. And yeah, the stories that can come out of that alone. I mean, (laughs) that would, that'd be like a whole pile of podcasts. Right. But, um, yeah, looking back eight years ago, you know, I, the, I think we can both say that the death race was our, our entry point. Um, and that, that was my catalyst, I'd say. Um, and that was a, just a big dumb event that you did a bunch of chores on all weekend long. And you can look at it from that way. Um, but when you go, was it 60 hours or plus that first event? Yeah, and that was right out of the gates. Was was that event? I mean, ignorance is bliss, 
And we just had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. But after 60 hours, um, I think you, myself, and Pete all changed and left that little town in Vermont different people. And to start with um, eight years ago, I think change in perspective is what was my biggest takeaway. Um, Yeah, something, you know, something goes wrong at work. Uh, The kids are late getting out of practice. That could bend a lot of people Mm. real fast and real hard. And, you know, they can carry that with them throughout the day. Just one little inconvenience. Um, But after doing these events, it could always be worse. You know, there's that, that, that saying, it could always be worse than it could, you know, and that's, that's always what I keep in the back of my mind and any kind of problem or conflict at that time, I just compare it to, well, I'm not sleep deprived. I'm not, um, hallucinating. Um, (laughs) I'm not dropping toenails or blowing out the side of my sneakers right now. So it's going to be okay. Uh, that's, that's where everything started and that's where it, it almost becomes addicting to seek Mm. out, um, struggles, you know, yeah, you pay a lot of money to have a weekend of suffering, but it's what you get out of that weekend that you apply to your life afterwards. And in doing so, um, just sharing stories and, you know, people start following you like that. It it starts to motivate other people and starts rubbing off on other people. And that was never a plan of mine. Um, That's not why I did any of this, but it's more of a side product that has occurred, which has been neat to see. And also coming back into fatherhood, our kids are seeing this, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you hear, you know, oh, I'm doing this race for my kids. Well, my kids, they would rather have me at home rather than, you know, 60 hours out in the woods or preparing. You know, that's 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 where a lot of the impact on my kids are is watching preparation occur for these events of having a goal and working towards that goal. Um, they apply that to their own lives as well then without me having to say a word about it really um they they see us and actions are bigger than words Mm. is a big part as well with me and and my kids personally because there's certain things they'll do that just completely floor me but when you look at it it's oh they're they're seeing their mom put in work they're seeing their dad put in work they know if they want something then they got to put in the work as well so and just another another point through in terms of ultras and endurance um more on a personal spiritual inside drive is i I, i'm a true believer that there is enlightenment through exertion um there's not you're never really going to come up with something by sitting on the couch binging on netflix um when i go out and push myself physically mentally um that's that's where i see i get a lot out of um and i see that problems I may meditate on and you know you you gain other perspectives by just going out for me getting outside and just moving my body and then pushing my body that's you know that's when the magic happens 
So, and that, and that's, you know, that's, I seek that out too. If things are getting a little tight or congested inside, it's amazing what just getting outside and um, bringing some movement will do. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's eight years now, you know, it's not a, it's not a fling. I, I think it's safe to say on both of our ends that, you know, this wasn't just a, a bucket list. These aren't just bucket list items and you move on. This has become part of, part of life and what we bring into it and, you know, how we br- raise our families really too has a lot to do with it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's really great, Bri, because I think what I mean, from my perspective, going into that first death race, uh, you know, we had no understanding or expect, like you said, we were completely ignorant. Um, <laughs> we had no idea. <laughs> uh, and, and I, I mean, I think going into it, maybe it was subconsciously a bucket list. Hey, we're going to do this. But then when we did it and we experienced what we experienced, um, and like you said, we, we gain a tremendous amount of perspective on, on life for the things that, you know, like you said, could bend somebody the wrong way and we should, um, our outlook on it completely change. And then I think, again, we, we, again, I'm, I'm speaking from my perspective, subconsciously try to search out that feeling again and, to the point where now we've created habit out of it. And it, it is part of our life because um, it, it's, we're constantly learning we're, we're, a couple things. We're constantly learning new perspectives. We're constantly learning um, um, how far we could go, how far we could push ourselves. Uh, and you, you kind of wrapped it up in the last note with, with the kids, you know, and that's the one thing that I've I've definitely gotten from from the, sh- the stuff that we've done is that when when your kids see you getting up at four o'clock in the morning and you're putting in the work and you're doing this and you're going out and you're towing the line, um, and they see the pain that you're going through, they see the sacrifices that you're making. Uh, now, sometimes they might not understand it at that point in time, but, you know, there's things that are sitting with them over these, these processes that when, when they get to a point where they're, they're dealing with a situation, you know, whether it's when they're 8, 11, 16, or 30, you know, they have some programming in them that says, okay, listen, how, how big is, of a deal is this? Could we just push through it? Could we what are we supposed to be learning from this? How can we adapt to this? Because it, is it really as bad as it seems or are we just making it that way? And being able to see that, and I think there's a vulnerability perspective to it, right? Uh, oh yeah. Cause they, they, all our kids, especially mine again, cause they're older have seen you and I really in some bad spots, uh, really in some tough situations. Uh, when it relates to the races and, you know, just keep moving, you know, going back to the beginning when you talked about your mom, the strength and resiliency. And I, I think that's some of the key things that things could be, things aren't as bad as they seem. And you, all you got to do, you know, we, we have that saying left foot, right foot is you just yep. keep, you just keep moving, man. Uh, you know, things are going to, things are going to be okay. Um, 
So that's great. That's great. So let's start landing this because we're almost close to an hour, which this, congratulations, this will be the longest podcast. <laughs> I um, feel honored. <laughs> but uh, we, we could circle back at a follow-up one and talk about the events because cause the events, I think we could just take forever. So some of the stories, that would be a fun one. But We should do that. We should do a happy hour session on uh, absolutely events. And, re- and record it and just record it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm uh, in. I'm in. <laughs> so there's, 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 I guess a couple questions, just two or three questions here. And, and really it wraps around <clears throat> one, one funny question, but you know, we got, we got this whole pandemic happening and we've kind of connected each week, just checking in with one another, just to see how things are going. Um, things when, you know, when we talk about it, our, our, how, how much has our lives really, really changed, especially for you being up there, how much has things changed for you? Uh, you know, you got, you got, uh, Cindy home now, rather than, you know, at school, you got the kids home now, rather than be in school. So there's definitely some, some situations and circumstances that have changed, but you know, what, what has been the, the, the biggest thing that you've gotten from this situation that we're, we're all, we're all working through right now? Um, well, just in terms of work, um, it's that word itself, um, just gratitude right now. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that, I'm working. Um, that in itself right now is a big deal. Mm-hmm. When you, when you look out across the, the, you not, not even Colorado or the country. I mean, this is worldwide stuff. Um, I'm still working. Cindy's working as a school counselor at home, but you know, getting, getting work done every day. So that in itself, um, has really shifted perspectives. I think, um, I think you find a lot of people out there right now that have shifted their mindset about their everyday work as before it was just a grind. Mm. And now those that are still able to show up, I'm watching a UPS guy drive down the road. I'm sure he's getting worked in many, many different new ways, but he's still working. Um, So that, that in itself, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm a, a water operator and I'm plowing roads. We're getting snow right now. Um, so there's, there's been a, a mindset shift just in the, the daily grind in itself there. Um, but yeah, I, this whole deal, I mean, there's, it's tragic events and we're somewhat removed from it, obviously being up in the hills. Um, we're not close to the cities and all, you know, just that whole scene. And we don't even have TV um, cable. So we're catching videos here and there of it. Um, you know, my heart goes out to New York city and all these, these major areas that are getting hit obviously. Um, but for me on a personal level, I've had more social interaction since this all has occurred and the social distancing just with, like you mentioned, the kids and Cindy being at home, that in itself, I'm a, I'm a good social distancer um, <laughs> on a natural level, I guess. So like my brother Jeff says, I'm a, a professional social distancer and <laughs> I, I like being around people. I'm an introvert, but I'm extrovert as well. So I, 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 I'm, I go both ways with that. Um, on a day-to-day basis. So uh, there's not a lot of change with me. Um, and obviously my, my form of training um, that I 
incorporate on a daily basis that always involves trails that nobody even knows about. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that hasn't changed much either for me. So it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, the kids creativity has been coming out at home and that in itself is showing me that me and Cindy are doing something right. Um, cause they're not on screens a lot. They get their screen times, but they're getting creative. I mean, they're making up diners. Um, the, a quick little story, the only kind of clothing that all three of them have that are the same are, are Penn state gear. Mm -hmm. So they created a whole restaurant that, uh, Penn state, the place to be cafe is what it's called. (laughs) So Tanner does all the cooking. The girls um, wait on us. We've had date nights and dinners. Um, We did daddy-daughter dance um, at the house as well. The kids made up a uh, professional wrestling ring. And we had (laughs) wrestling the one night in the basement and movie theaters. So just the it's tough times but we've been really trying to just focus on the on on the positive and what we have control over right now we don't have control over a a virus but what we do have control over we're just trying to make the best of it all right that's awesome so from from this what has been one of your it could be you or the family whatever a, a guilty pleasure that you're you're or an indulgence if you will that you find yourself doing more of now than uh, in a typical time period. The guilty pleasures. Jeez. Um, I, I, I thought I'd have more time on my hands than I, than I do during this whole time. I was, I was hoping to pick up the banjo again and start learning that. Um, but when it comes down to it, by the time we're getting done with our days and we're sticking to schedules now. We created schedules for the kids um, throughout the day to make sure school is getting done. Outside um, time is is in there. And then dinner and, and bedtime, like a school night. So there hasn't been tons of time, but just my, my indulgence has been uh, supporting my, my local brewery. <laughs> um, South Park Brewery, little shout out, little plug. Nice. There. You guys are awesome. Um, they are still providing uh, pickup curbside. So I'm trying, I'm really focusing on keeping our money in, in local right now as much as we can. Um, like I said, we're both working. We both are very fortunate to have income. We're trying to share that with the local businesses. So my indulgence would have to be the uh, open range IPA case that's in the uh beer fridge sounds fantastic <laughs> uh so la- the last question and and you you may I'm, I'm hoping this isn't the same answer from what you brought up before but um you had mentioned that you french roll you used to french roll your jeans your jeans but i was my, damn my, good at it too. My, 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 you, apparently you learned from the best i guess hey I, I did uh, man <laughs> so uh what the last question I have is what is what is one thing that most don't know about you that you would like for them to know? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, that they don't know already. Um, well, my height is no surprise. Uh, I think I do look bigger on uh, social media, but um. 
gosh, that's a good question. <laughs> it could, I, I could I could share the latest picture I have, and it could be like a modeling career. Um, that's gonna be my fallback. <laughs> that's 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 Plan B right now. Um, yeah, yeah, those sideburns have a purpose right now. <laughs> well, I just, just I, quarantine. <laughs> I love the posture. The posture it, it was just beautiful, but that so. was blue steel. If you didn't recognize, um. I was sporting the blue steel face from uh, Zoolander. So um, uh, <laughs> feel free to check that out. Okay. You can visit Brian's Facebook or social media and, and check out that picture. Uh, it's, it is now my, uh, every time he calls or texts, especially when you call, it's funny because when you call me today, that just popped up. That fills the on, whole screen up, doesn't it? it? The whole screen, and I was on another call, and I giggled when <laughs> it came up, just like I told you I was going to. Perfect. So, well, dude, I appreciate that. This is great stuff. I thank you for the time. I know it's taken an hour out of your day, and and things are hectic up there. But I appreciate you uh, you spending some time, and we'll we'll do this again. But I'll I'll link everything up to the show notes, and I'll put this out there shortly. So. Uh, Everybody going back to, to the, the aim at Melanoma, the fundraiser, if you can support uh, as much as you possibly can, even if it's just a, a reach out or a, a shout out to Brian as things get with this, but buddy, I appreciate it. Love you, man. I appreciate it. And yeah, just thank you. Uh, thanks for putting all this together. Um, I've been getting a lot out of this podcast show. I've listened to every one of them uh, thus far. So it's been an honor to come on with you and I just thank you for the, the years that we've had and um i look to forward to what lies ahead thanks buddy i appreciate all the support man we'll talk to you soon okay all right much love all right you too adios bye